show today we have an abridged episode 16 gonna be a little bit shorter keep it to one heavy hitting topic tom's out tonight so i've kind of upgraded the co-pilot uh for this evening i brought in the one and only cody kutzer you can find him basically on any tfa video pod show recording that we do uh basically here at, at the fantasy authority so Cody, you've been doing this for you know a couple years. Uh, you haven't joined our Dino Show until this very moment, but you know the way we met, you and I, is through the Dynasty channels uh, way back in the day with Dynasty Happy Hour. So I'm I'm glad we get to chop up a little bit of Dynasty talk here, man. Just just how are you, and how's the the fantasy season going as we enter the playoffs? Dude, I appreciate you uh, extending the invite, although I do take slight offense to you saying I'm only kind of an upgrade over Tom, but I get it. He, he's your boy. He's been your co-host, so like, I, I'm sure you don't want to offend him, but I am I am a massive upgrade over Tom Corson. I will say it so you don't have to. I don't, I don't want to put you in a, in a weird space, but yeah, man, everything is going well. Uh, Dynasty was definitely my, my wheelhouse, and then once, uh, once I went over to TFA, started picking up on the redraft stuff. But I will say that I'm super pumped once this uh, redraft grind ends to start really diving into the to the rookies and everything. Because this year, like even last year, I was able to keep like a pulse on stuff. Like this year, I'm going into it like completely blind. Like I know I know some of the bigger names for the for the rookies, but like I don't have even like a vague idea of how I feel about most of those guys. So. Yeah, man, it's, it's good to chop it up a little bit, you know, dynasty-wise. And the guy that we're going to be talking about is certainly a uh, – he, he's a weird one. I still don't know. Like, you you hit me up and asked me to, to jump on and talk about him, and I still don't really know how I feel about him. Yeah, and and, and we're excited to get into him. That, that player is going to be James Robinson. Uh, and, and I kind of call this, Cody, the James Robinson conundrum because the, the fantasy community – was split originally, and, and I feel like some people have, have kind of come towards the middle, but there's no real consensus yet on on what to do with this player long-term. I mean, you're talking redraft. It's been simple. It's thrown into your lineup basically since, what, week two, I think he broke out with a 100-yard game, had a touchdown, and you haven't looked back. But when we talk about Dynasty now, we're looking at you know multiple years into the future, and I think when you have an undrafted free agent out of Illinois State, that just turns out and balls. I mean, we're talking third in rushing uh, with 968 yards, a healthy 4.6 yards per carry. He's found the end zone nine times in 12 games, 42 receptions, 53 targets. I mean, all of those things scream top five running back in Dynasty, right? And he's only 22 years old. But if you go over and look at um, DynastyLeagueFootball.com, James Robinson's their 50th player in Superflex Leagues. That's RB17, and that's a collection of their November ADP. I know we're kind of into December here. They haven't quite got all of their December ADP out, so, so maybe he rises even more more than that. But right now he's he's just not where you, you add any different type of draft capital to this player. I, I don't think he's 
you know, anywhere past what running back 12 at the very latest. And, and that's what we're seeing right now. So, you know, I'm going to toss it to you first and kind of give me your thoughts with him because yeah, like I, like I had kind of prefaced, this is just a very back and forth situation. He just doesn't seem to fit with what he's done here in 2020. Yeah. Unfortunately we are draft capital snobs, right? Like if he had even third round draft capital, like we, like we would be goo goo over this guy. Like, look what he's doing in this awful situation. All these different quarterbacks, their own line is banged up. That's not great. But it's it's so hard to pin down his value going into the 2021 season because, one, what the majority of us do in Dynasty, we have the new crop of guys coming in and, like, ooh, the, the shiny new toy, and, like, that's what we turn all of our attention to. And then you just don't know what this Jaguars team is going to do. Like, that is the thing that's really going to it's, – it's almost like a, a stock – Right. And it's like, hey, if Biden becomes president, this stock is going to do this. But if like that's what we're waiting for, like we're waiting for, you know, the the day after the draft ends, even after probably even after day two. Right. Day two, the 2021 NFL draft. And I think then you're going to start seeing a, a plethora of trades, because like right now, obviously, if you're if you don't have a trade deadline. It's it's so hard to to really gauge what what he's worth. You know, like, cause like, what, like, what do you really do with him? Because, like, everyone kind of just has that, like, you know, UDFA. It took, you know, Leonard Fournette being kicked out of Jacksonville, and then everyone kind of forgets. Right, Quell Armstead was ahead of him. Yes, Divina Zigbo was actually ahead of him too before he had IR. Like, everyone is all of a sudden just being like, "Oh, yep, they got rid of Fournette so they could bring him in." That's did we just skip over? Reichwell Armstead being on COVID for the entire year, like, which is another completely weird thing. Absolutely. But then Zigbo was was also ahead of him in the, in the depth chart, and then he had what the the hamstring injury, I think. Right. And then James Robinson came in. Like you can't take away what he's done production wise. He's been super impressive. Like I said, everything with the offense, like you you can't take that away from him. But at the same time, like outside of the Jaguars' needs, and I do think they have a bunch. But they do have four picks in the top two rounds going into next year. They have their first and second, and then they have, what, the Rams first, and then I think the Vikings second. Right, right. So what's to stop them from taking, like, a, a running back in the third? I, I don't think they should. I think they have enough, you know, an, enough going on that, they, that they're not going to do that. They can turn their attention elsewhere, but – even after that, like, I feel like we're always going to be waiting until like, oh, well, what about, no, 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 man, this, this is going to be the year 2022, this running back class, man. So it's, it's, right. it's really like, I had a, you know, I've been thinking about this all day. And I'm just like, man, like what, what do you, what do you do with this cat? Yeah. I think the, the big, the big issue that we have is, is how well he's produced. I know Kev talked about it all the time because early in the year I was, I was of the mindset that, you know, he's producing really well. It's great and all, but I think we've seen right. the track record of UDFAs that they, they have, you know, great five or six games, but then they just don't pan out long-term. And so you need to move him. If, if redraft, whatever, like this is dynasty, right? We're, we're talking about these guys are just short-term. We have a really small tracker. I mean, we're talking about Austin Eckler. Um, I, I'm not even going to put Philip Lindsay in this category because he was two years as a running back too. And now he already has been, you know, not supplanted, I guess, but he's 
they brought in competition with Melvin Gordon, who's taken over that lead back. And now they go back and forth on who looks better, but that's crushed his value. You know, you have to go all the way back to, you know, Fred Jackson, Pierre Thomas, Priest Holmes, Arian Foster. I think, I think Arian Foster, right, is that, that bell cow name that you want to throw out and, and compare James Robinson to, you know, Arian Foster four seasons as a top five running back is that ceiling, right? We've seen one, one year, you know, if James Robinson doesn't play another snap, he's going to finish as a top 10 running back, but he has four games to go. You know, he's probably going to end up what 16, 1700 all purpose yards hit double digit touchdowns. You know, we're, we're locked in as, as a top five guy. So you know, that's one season. So it's, it's the draft capital versus what we've seen for three fourths of a season. And, and just for some reference, you know, I talked about where he was going in DLF, uh, the other rookies that we're looking at, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is 15th overall. So 15th and 50th, he's running back six. Jonathan Taylor, you know, everyone, uh, you know, was down on Jonathan Taylor three weeks ago, which seems like five years ago, honestly. Like right before uh, Thanksgiving, people were just done with with Jonathan Taylor. I think it was week 11, right, that he kind of had a coming out party. He's running back 13. J.K. Dobbins right behind him, running back 14, and DeAndre Swift running back 15. So all of these guys are still ahead, and James Robinson's blown them all out of the water. And so, yeah, going back to that production, draft capital, longevity of what happens with that Jaguars team, because we're looking at a team that's probably going to fire Doug Marone. Would you would you guess that they're going to probably want to start new quarterback, new coach? That's normally how how teams start their rebuild. And and then and then what yeah. else? Is there a free agent that they bring in? Is there, you know, a, a person that they draft in the top three, you know, even a fourth round pick we saw, you know, a, a couple of four, I don't know, you know, DJ Dallas a little bit. I don't know how much he really hit Carson's value, but there's been a couple of fourth rounders. I feel like sometimes that come in and, and they get a little worried, get a little nervous. McFarland came in uh, to the Pittsburgh situation, really muddled that situation. So I, I do think someone who gets drafted, you know, especially first two days will, will definitely kind of hit that value, but, yeah, it's uh, it, it's just something that I think is unlike anything we've we've seen for for a long time. And it's not like they have a a steady depth chart either, right? So you would expect them at some point, yeah. like you said, either free agent, day two, day three pick, something like that. It's not like their their depth chart is you know just set in stone, and you can just look at that and be like, all right, well, obviously it's going to be James Robinson, you know, leading the way. What's to stop him from being outplayed in you know in training camp? Like he's like I, I almost feel like we're like we are all just completely disrespecting this guy. Yeah, he's sitting right now, I think, uh fourth in rushing yards per game, just behind Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, and Nick Chubb. Like that's it. That's literally the list. See, I mean it's it's just it's so weird with him. You were talking about the the DLF ADP. I have the regular one QB up. And he is going at the end of the third round, right, right after Kenny Galladay and right before Cam Akers. He's going before Austin Eckler right now in uh, DLF's November one QB startup. Yeah. So the previous two episodes of the Dino Show, Tom and I did our 2020 r- rookie redraft, and you know we started this right before Antonio Gibson kind of had back to back fantastic games the, the the game against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving three touchdowns you know over 100 yards was was really I think what kind of vaulted Gibson up for a lot of people and so we only had 
CH and Swift as running backs above him. Tom took him at the 107. I'm I'm a little bit lower on him. I probably wouldn't have taken him until the end of the first. And then we both decided on the next episode that we probably would move Gibson above him if we hadn't recorded, you know, before that game for Gibson. So, you know, in, in terms of where he fits in with these other rookies, have you moved him in in your maybe I know I know you're not the the rankings guy, right? You don't want to be posting rankings and updating them all the time, but in your head, rankings wise. All these other guys have draft capital above him. We're talking about second round or better, and then it's him. Where, where have you put him in with these other guys? And I think we have to throw in Gibson in that that range as well. First of all, I hate rankings. I but do. For, uh, dude, I would. He, like I said, I I feel so disrespectful <laughs> toward him. But like I, this this is also a personal issue of mine. Where I like I hold on to guys for too long, like the the take lock that Kev always you know tries to to slam into everyone's heads. But it's it's still so hard for me to give up on. The guys that I had, you know, first of all, not even had above him. I didn't even know James Robinson until, you know, all the cuts and COVID and IR shit started to happen. You know what I mean? So it's still so hard for me to put him above any of the, like, I guess seven, because I would would still have Gibson at six and, you know, I mean, probably have him at seven, but like that, like, the only thing that is making me hold on to that is just my pre-draft thoughts on those guys and like that's that's literally it and then also the the stench associated with the jacksonville jaguars because like you were saying there's going to be turnover there's going to be you know obviously we like we were talking about the four picks in the in the top two rounds so there's, there's going to be a lot of moving pieces and then you just have a you know a team that outside of that one run has just been an absolute dumpster fire right and, and you touched on it earlier, and I think this is the big piece of why when, when we talk with Kev, his big thing is why would they replace James Robinson? They don't need to. They've got other positions, and I can completely get on board with that. Yeah. But if you're an NFL team, do you feel comfortable going into 2021 with your running back room being, is Reichwell Armstead playing football? Like, mystery. If not, then Divino Zigbo, UDFA in his own right. Then 31-year-old Chris Thompson by that time next year, that's not a comfortable running back room. We, we've seen running backs yeah. go down. NFL teams know how this works. It's a position that churns over a ton. They're going to bring somebody in. It's just too open. And so I think the big thing that we've seen is that he has just gotten so much work this year. Again, we'll hit the stats real quick. Third in rushing yards, seventh in receiving yards, fifth in receptions, fifth in total yards. He's fifth in fancy points per game at all at the running back position. Here's the kicker, though. He's 52nd in fancy points per opportunity. So when you look at how much opportunity he's gotten, if that opportunity you know, share shrinks at all, I think we don't see quite the productive player. Like, like we, we've kind of related him a little bit to like Austin Eckler, UDFA-wise. Not as a runner. They're completely different. But yeah. Austin Eckler as a runner is super efficient. What he does on 12 touches – is not like what any most other running backs can do with 12 touches. And so I think maybe that's why you just said those six running backs, rookie running backs you take above him. And I think a lot of the fantasy community agrees. That's why all of that, except for Gibson, but that was November ADP. I bet Gibson jumps ahead of him too. We'll see. I think a lot of people agree with you because when 
when this running back room changes, which we're projecting it will, and maybe that's an incorrect projection, but that's what I'm going to project. Then that opportunity is going to go down and can he still be productive? Absolutely. But the thing with all these other running backs is they've been sharing the workload. Like we, we, we noticed this every single landing spot had other guys there. Ravens crowded backfield chiefs. Even when he landed there, perfect marriage, but there was other guys there. Colts crowded backfield. And now we've seen all of these rookies slowly start to take over. Now, you know, we're week 13 and now we're Cam Akers is the guy. J.K. Dobbins is the guy. Jonathan Taylor is the guy. You know, just we wanted it so quickly out of the gates. And now later in the year, it's finally getting there. And I think that's why we've seen these guys finally now hit where we wanted them at week one. And, and so I think that's maybe the, the the big disconnect between production and future value. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's always that that disconnect too. And like, like I said earlier, it's, I feel like with him, it's, he's going to be one of those players unfairly that we're always just like, okay, well, what about next year? What's going to be, you know, okay, well, he, he went through 2021. That's fine. But what about 2022? Like he's just going to be one of those players that we continually kick the can down the road. Cause you know, they're, they're going to do something to that backfield, whether it's, you know, a uh, round three rookie, a uh, free agent, you know, I mean, you know, day three rookie, they're, they're going to do something to that room. Does he get the work that he's getting now, even if they bring in, you know, a, a day three guy or uh, a lower tier free agent or, or something right. like that? Because it's, it's, it's just not going to sit where it is. But let's, uh, let's, let's get down to brass tacks here. I'm gonna I'm gonna hedge a little bit. Obviously, there have been a you know some dynasty leagues have the the trade deadline, some don't. To me, if I had a team that had no shot, if like if I'm just in like in a, a straight up rebuild, I took over an awful orphan team or something like that, or I gutted my team. I think if I had James Robinson, first of all, you should have traded him whenever his value was a, a little bit higher. Because I, you know, as these weeks keep going on, I think it's just going to hit like a, a stalemate. You're going to have some of his truthers who are going to cut come in and maybe try and get a, you know, try and get a discount on him. But I think, you know, as we're nearing the end of the fantasy season, I think it's just because no one's going to want to touch that because everyone's going to be thinking, well, what if they do X, Y, or Z? Mm-hmm. So I think if you were in a true rebuild, you did not have a shot to contend, I think I would be willing to trade him for not almost anything, but like I wouldn't be holding out and trying to like drive up the price, you know, against my other my other league mates. I think if I was in maybe like next year I might be able to contend, I would hold and if you're a true contender, I think he's a hold as well. So I think he's kind of like if I had a team where I was not going to be contending this year or next, or like next year was looking like super iffy, man, if someone I'm, I'm, try, you. I'm trying to trying to think like on the spot, what, you know, the, the least that I, that I would take from him. Yeah. Let's say a contender wants him on, on their team. Cause obviously that's, I think that's the most likely scenario. If someone wants James Robinson this yeah. year, they're contending. It's going to be a later pick. So we're talking, you know, 108 and beyond and someone has to be in the playoffs right so it's 107 and beyond so let's say it's a a guy who's probably gonna he's got a buy you know he's gonna be finished top four so let's say 109 to 112 would you move james robinson for 
that that draft pick for 2021. I, I would move for any first. Okay. If, I could, if, if I'm, like I said, and that's an area where I'm not contending and I can get a first out of him for someone that you either picked up off of waivers, let's be honest, or you spent, you know, uh, if you had your, you know, your, your rookie draft late in the season and you started hearing mumblings and rumblings of, of James Robinson, maybe you got hit, you know, maybe you spent like a fourth on him or like limited, you know, auction dollars or something like that. If that's the kind of league you're in, I, I would absolutely just take that profit and, and be fine with it because again, I like the, my whole thing with this has been just like disrespect toward this cat. But like, I, I don't know, man, you, you were touching on the, you know, the history of, you know, UDFAs and in the league and let's face it, he's going to be an outlier. And I like, I just, I can't get myself to bet on an outlier where I was kind of thinking is like, would I take a single second or would it like for you, would, would you take a single second or would it like, you know, let's, let's say that like 202, 204 range. Would you sell him that cheap? You know, I, I don't think I could. And I, I feel like I'm one of the ones who's quote unquote lower on James Robinson. We, we keep on talking about, you know, disrespecting him. I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it's situation, right? As, as a runner, you know, just, just going back to, I think when he came out, nobody really knew who he was. There was there a couple people you're, you're, and then you see him as a runner these first couple of weeks. Uh, of the season and he's he's not flashy he is a a a low balanced power runner one cut kind of i think he makes his decisions quickly i think his vision's good he makes a decision and he goes and that's why his yards per carry is so good with a meh jack jacksonville line i don't think they have as bad as some people would make out their one and 11 or one and 12 now 111 you know team to be they actually have an okay offensive line but he just makes such quick decisions he breaks tackles but he's not flashy like I think the reason he went undrafted is he runs a four six at the combine pandemic hits. He has a combine day in March and the NFL shuts down all or not combine, but their pro day and the NFL shuts down pro day five days before he's about to run and kind of redeem himself. We we've seen like Arian Foster goes undrafted because off the field issues, you know, um, Lyle Collins, you know, left tackle for the Cowboys goes undrafted because of, you know, a potential murder charge. Like people that are really talented going drafted in really weird situations. His isn't a really weird situation, which is why I want to this offseason, I want to dig even further. You know, how did we miss a guy that that comes out and has this much success? So yeah, I mean you you hit on it. It's really, really like we're talking Tony Romo type of franchise quarterback at the UDFA level. Like I'm not trying to name every single cowboy out there that they get UDFA style, but we're talking about a potential franchise running back that you'd have Aaron Foster, Priest Holmes. That's about it. I, I Austin Eckler, I can't quite put in that list yet. You know, like, is there anybody else that you'd put in that UDFA hierarchy? I, I think Eckler is making his, making his case, maybe not as, as, as a, as a workhorse kind of back, like the other guys you named, but at least as a, RB one, a extremely fantasy relevant player for, you know, for the next handful of years. Um, as you were talking, I was looking through some of the, the trades on BLF trades, find trade finder and going back to mid November. I just want to rattle off some of these and get your thoughts and we can kind of close out here. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Rager or James Robinson. 
Yeah, uh, I'm probably going to stick with Jalen Rager. I know they're experiencing a lot of craziness in that offense right now, but I, I do think he's very talented as well. And again, <laughs> situations coming forward, one one wide receiver room I see kind of opening up, Alshon to Sean Jackson out the door, and one I, I think getting potentially muddied. Like right now, it's absolutely James Robinson. Dynasty-wise, next three-plus years, probably Jalen Rager for me. Dude, like, like these trades are just all over the place too. James Robinson or Clyde Edwards Hilaire and a third. Good night. Clyde, Clyde wasn't enough. Throw in a third for me, buddy. And who makes that trade? I, I, it has to be someone who's like, I need the production now. Clyde's been struggling. They're not running the football, you know, because they're both young. You're not, I don't know. That's interesting. There, there were a couple other ones here that, that grabbed my attention. And then you have you have ones like these, uh, Tyler Boyd, Philip Lindsay, and a third for James Robinson. And, and at that point, I'm probably sticking with James Robinson. Darren Waller or James Robinson, straight up. Oh, gosh. Darren Waller is making a very strong case to be, you know, he, he should be mentioned top three tight ends, I feel now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I think Kelsey, Kittle, and Waller. Yep. Yep. James Robinson and LaVisca Chenault for Justin Jefferson. Ooh. And that one's that one's a good one. James Robinson, two twenty twenty-two first and a third. James you know Robinson for A Rob straight up. Oh gosh. Here's here's two interesting ones. Both of these are James Robinson and a first. One is for Zeke, and another one is for Nick Chubb. What what would you do in, in those situations? Give me Nick Chubb all day, but for like for some reason, I don't know what. Like it's it's probably the stench with the Cowboys right now, right? Like yeah. just like you know, Zeke isn't looking like himself. That offensive line has been banged up all year. Like there's a lot of wear, there's a lot of wear and tear with Chubb too, and he has the injury history. Like there, there's just like something with with Zeke that I just can't. I, I still think that should probably that should probably be Zeke. Like if you could get Zeke for two first, I think you do it. Mm-hmm. I think so. But like right. James Robinson and a first, like it's like man, I, I could get that production right now, and I get the first on top of it. I I don't know. And then you have ones like this. Uh, a second and a third in 2021. Like, give me James Robinson. Yeah. Like, they are just all over the place. Uh, James Robinson or Chase Claypool and, for the brand, Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas, baby, let's go. Finally. Finally. How many streamer articles did we write? <laughs> all, all of them. Uh, like, Stephon Diggs and a 2022 first for James Robinson and Wayne Dolman. Dear gosh, these are all over the map. And I think that's the yeah. James and Robinson he, conundrum. These these are all within, you know, the the last, you know, three, four weeks. Like, you know, this this isn't going back to the, the beginning of the year. The, these are all relatively recently. So this is <laughs> I don't know if we necessarily clear anything up during this pod, but like that's man. It, like, could you can't even say in a you know in a vacuum what you would do with him? I think that James Robinson is someone who is, is very team and contending or not contending, right? Specific, like I right. think that's like 
you know, to, to hedge on this as hard as I can hedge, I think that's where, that's where it falls. Like if I, if I have, you know, living in that two to three year dynasty window, we always hear about, I think if I have a shot, I'm holding on to, or you basically just have to hold it out and wait until after the draft, see what happens. And then, you know, like I, I could see if they don't spend, you know, any draft capital on a running back until day three, I think he's, he has to vault up into a, a top 10 dynasty running back, like an RB one at worst when he's sitting at, you know, 16 and single QB ADP. And then you said he was what 17 and super flex. Correct. Yep. Yep. So it's a, uh, do, do you, do you have any strong definitive feelings or takes on this as we, as we close this out? No, I, th- I think you kind of hit it on the head. It, it's where's your team at right now and where can they be next year? A- again, it, it, a lot of it, we have to wait on what happens this offseason. But I think if you're projecting, you're projecting something is probably going to be added to that backfield. And I think that's that's something I feel confident saying. Now, is it enough to take away that much work from James Robinson? We'll have to see. But I, I think what we've seen so far is, is probably his ceiling because I just don't think the opportunity is there year after year. And maybe it is, but then we're talking about, again, that once in a decade, once every 15 years, UDFA running back, um, because we've just seen time and time again with these guys, they, they bring another competition um, because that's, that's what NFL teams want. They want the best out of their players and they want a, a deep depth chart. So yeah, it's kind of just to close out. I think the, the James Robinson conundrum is not done. It is going to continue um, and, and I, I want to make sure that we continue to talk about it here as we hit the off season and we talk about running back rankings, we're going to hit um, all of the rankings as, as we go forward um, here in this off season. I, I definitely want to have you back, Cody. Um, obviously you have a, a really fun dynasty mind. And like you said, you know, I didn't want to at the beginning of the show pile on Tom too much. He's going through a lot with his Eagles. They're kind of a dumpster fire. I mean, I can say that as a Cowboys fan because we've known, the Cowboys are a dumpster fire. This is this has been known, but the Eagles, you always kind of thought, okay, and then now the schedule's easier. They're going to start turning things around, and and I, I think we're gonna we're gonna lay off of him uh, for a little bit. And, and I didn't want to throw him under the bus too much, but yeah, definitely uh, appreciate you having having you in as co-pilot for tonight, guys. We're gonna keep it short and sweet. Uh, hope everybody enjoyed this episode. Uh, make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at. FF underscore authority. You'll find me at NFL Robbie, Cody at C Kutzer FF. You know, best of luck to everybody in the fantasy playoffs. Cody, good luck to you. And until next time, see ya. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.